Hey everyone! Hey! It's another special episode. I know it feels like there's more special episodes than real episodes lately, um, and that's because it's the holidays. Special. Yeah. You should um, feel grateful. We are hopefully going to have a holiday episode related to... But I mean, to... really, we're thankful for you. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> it's not Thanksgiving. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and we have some international listeners who don't give a hoot about Thanksgiving. Anyway... They probably know it's an American holiday, though. For the holidays, our family went to see a musical that was an adaptation of Howl's Moving Castle. It was so much fun. By Diana Wynne-Jones. And since our mom and I did a special Terry Pratchett exhibit episode, we thought it would be fun to try um, talking about this, because it was so cool. And unfortunately, you know, many people aren't going to get to see it. It's put on by the Book It Repertory Theater, um, in Seattle. Which is in Seattle. Uh, the theater they usually perform at is the Center Theater at the old Seattle Armory and Seattle Center. How many times can I say Seattle? Our mom anyway, got really confused about why it's called an armory, so if you have some information about that, feel free to enlighten us. If you have, um, if you live in Washington or in the Seattle area, definitely urge you to check it out. It's running through the end of December. Or another one of their shows. This was the first one I'd seen, but it was lovely yeah i'd love to encourage anyone to who can to support the book at theater what they do is they make their own adaptations of different literary works um to try to encourage reading and they have a lot of outreach for students they do projects with them to get them excited about reading and it's honestly a super cool cause um and this show was amazing so much fun so first of all for those who have both read the book Howl's Moving Castle and seen the Hayao Miyazaki movie. Which I continue to be uh, astounded by, but I mean, it's great that it introduces people to the book, but a lot of people are don't even know it's a book. They've just right. seen the Miyazaki movie. Yeah, I ran into some friends in the lobby and they said, oh, you're a big fan of the movie? Because I was like, oh my god, Howl's Moving Castle, I can't wait. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty much my voice most of the time. Um, and I was like, what are you talking about? And they didn't even know. Yeah. They did not even know it was a work of fiction. A literary fiction, I should say. <laughs> they, they thought, thought it was real. real. <laughs> um, yeah, for those who have experienced both, we are here to tell you that this musical is a direct adaptation of the book. Direct. Unlike the film. Yeah, the film is fairly true to the book until about halfway through and then it gets... Then all Miyazaki in, and yeah. goes in its own direction. Like, oh, planes and war and, and the, howls the howl is a bird. <laughs> I know, and that's where it really is. the Witch of the Waste is adorable now. Yeah, Witch of the Waste becomes a sweet old woman. Um, yeah, all kinds of stuff. Uh, but this not only took lines of dialogue straight from the book, it built entire songs around them. It was so fun. The musical yeah. component was actually way better than I thought it would be. It was really impressive. Um, and maybe I'm just being a jerk, but when I see a small-scale musical that has right. not it's been... it's usually kind of... It's like, yeah, you need the music as a vehicle, but they're not going to be, like, super catchy songs where you're going to, like, buy the soundtrack and think about it afterwards. Not that there even is a soundtrack available. Um, Although I did wonder, because it was really good. This one was so great. It was was basically, like, 
indie pop, I would call it, the musical style. Um, The lyrics were, the music and lyrics were by Justin Huertas. um, And the songs were super fun. I also really, really liked the band that they had, which I think was keyboard, guitar, and then cello. I think Mm, like two cellos. Mm -hmm. Um, And that added a really nice depth. I was really curious how they were going to manage all the exposition that would be necessary to tell what's honestly a pretty complicated story. But they went went for it all the way. They went to Wales. They left in Wales. They switched from, you know, period costumes to modern dress when Sophie, Michael, and Howell go to Wales um, to see Howell's sister and nephew. and uh, it was really cute the way he handled yeah. it because the characters were like, oh, what's going on with my clothes? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, they just plotted full steam ahead. They did third person uh, narration. By the characters in the show, By which I really character. enjoyed. Which, yeah, added at first it kind of irritated me, but then I kind of I got into, got it, into it. Yeah, and each character had the... Um, ability to kind of comment on what they were doing by mm-hmm. adding to the narration so they could include like some more internal thoughts and things like that without having to go full on into a character saying like I'm feeling this way they could say right. Sophie responded yes. um, furiously mm-hmm. uh, and I liked it, it I, re- I really liked that device yeah um, and they also had made the really interesting choice to do not only colorblind casting, but genderblind casting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so at the beginning of the story, when we're learning about the town of um, Market on Chipping, what I is it remember. called? Anyway, the town that they live in. Um, and people are coming into the hat shop, and it was all men wearing beautiful hats and women's and coats. And about singing. the hats. It was really great. Um, it was really cute. And also, Mrs. Pentstemon was played by Howell's old teacher, mm-hmm. who um, works for the king, was played by a beautiful, gangly man who mm-hmm. also played the scarecrow, and he did yeah. such a good job. It was really good. Um, and that just added a really fun element to the entire story. Um, the actress who played Sophie was amazing yeah, and so good. did such a good job switching from being a hilarious old woman <laughs> to a yearning young girl who's mm-hmm. trying to figure out her destiny. Um, and they really made it more of a comedy, um, yes. I yeah, think, definitely. than the book does. Uh, added a lot of humor, which I really appreciate because the story really functions well. With the um, humor, yeah. Yeah, with the humor added in. Michael was super cute, too. And Howell was excellent. It's so great. He yeah. was perfect. I was really into it. That's hard casting. Yeah. Like, what a strange character. Because uh, something I said yesterday is that Howell is so vain and full of himself yet he's also an outsider mm-hmm. and he doesn't really fit in anywhere yeah. um so he's really concerned with uh like he's both concerned with what people think of him and operating at totally outside of their social structure because yeah. he's not even from their world exactly, yeah. he's from another time and another place um And I thought that this actor really captured that well and also spent most of the play in a ridiculous pink wig because Sophie... When his hair got (laughs) rearranges his spells, um, which I really enjoyed. And Madeline, uh, you, since you have such a connection to Calcifer, it's a character, curious to hear what you thought about him. I thought Calcifer was so great. He was wearing this... um, 
robe that had kind of, it was black and had a, a sort of starlight going on, like little twinkles of starlight, and then at the cuffs and collar flames, and the yeah. entire they time, lit him really well so that the yes. flames reflected the red and yellow lights. Yeah, and he was always moving his hands like fire the entire time, even if like he totally wasn't in the scene at all and was just off the side. Like he was always being fire, flickering his fingertips. And he was really funny. I thought he did such a good job. Um, he was more of a sassy Calcifer than a sarcastic Calcifer. Yeah. Yes. Um, and at one point, when when Hal moved him from the fireplace, Hal actually picked up the actor who was larger than he was. <laughs> I was really impressed by that. I was like, "That's a pretty big man." Yeah. And Hal wasn't huge. No, and he picked him up like. Hal Held him. Uh, how would you say? Uh, like a fire in firefighter his, in his style. Arms. Yeah, yeah, not over his shoulder, no. and like took him across the place. Too. It was really great. In the new hearth, I enjoyed that very much. The dog um, was really fun too. The way they played yeah. the dog. At first, it was an actor holding a dog puppet when he was a full dog, mm-hmm. and then he became a man in a dog costume when he was like switching between man and dog. Yeah. Um, yeah, they made really good creative choices to illustrate all the magic. Yeah, so that much excellent thought went into it. Like those people must be wizards of creativity. Yeah, they did a great job, especially because the set was actually pretty simple. So they had the minimal. same background of just kind of a rocky hilltop, mm-hmm. um, and then used boxes to illustrate the hearth and uh, the inside of the castle, and then the ensemble cast wearing castle costumes would move around while holding poles between each of them to kind of illustrate mm-hmm. the different sections of the castle ambling That's through the hills cool. um, in Ingery. And I really, really liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, was super, super impressed by what they did with honestly, like very minimal set changes, mm-hmm. uh, really just changing the objects. Um, because I can see how you would get totally bogged down in that. And then illustrating the... <laughs> huge magical fights between the Witch of the Waste and Howl um, was just the villagers looking out at the audience and saying into the horizon it's become a giant ball of flame he's turning into a dolphin yeah. <laughs> like they're diving into the sea um, with That's a lot really of you know fun. wind sound effects and flashing lights and things like that yeah. that was enjoyable too yeah um, it was uh, I would say that if you didn't know the story it might be a little bit tricky to follow. I think mom was kind of confused. Yeah. Um, I think our family members who are unfamiliar with the book, but familiar with the movie, were like, what is happening? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because when you get to the point where you're, you know, you have characters saying like, oh, he's a man who's made a half of one man and another and she took out the heart and used yeah. it to <laughs> make a stronger like dummy for herself. She's yeah. like, what's, what's happening? happening? <laughs> um, but, uh, but I thought they did a really good job considering the, the complicated nuances of the book. Transfer and the book is written in a way to really make that complexity like woven into the magicness of it right, all. Yeah, and I mean Diana Wynne Jones is such a master mm-hmm. of what she does. Um, I would be, 
I would be really scared to adapt one of her books uh, because like we've talked about, especially in our Witch Week episode, I think we've talked about how like kind of postmodern and complex the things she does with fantasy are. Yes. Um, and I'm, re- I'm really scared of that being lost in translation. Mm-hmm. And I think the Miyazaki movie, I don't know, seeing this musical made me kind of see it in a whole new light. I love, still love it mm-hmm. so much, but I see it more as Miyazaki's own creation. Yes, definitely. Um, it's because it really, you know, he took the concept and then he it became a different story and seeing this i feel like oh this is what an actual adaptation of of the book book. looks like Mm -hmm. now i understand that like i have something to compare the movie to um which yeah is its own brilliant masterpiece in my opinion um but uh yeah I, i loved seeing it done really um like religiously true to the story. Yeah, I was very impressed all the way up to the end. I was just like, yep, they're getting right up to the end when everyone pops up and is all just like, what's going on? What's going on? I know. They accomplished the same. And we talked about this in our Howl's Moving Castle episode the kind mm-hmm. of hustle and bustle of everyone appearing at the castle and being like, I'm confused. I only know part of the story. And Sophie's saying, I'll fill you in. And everyone hanging out and like having and tea Calcifer and cookies. Calcifer returns and is like, yeah. I'm back. <laughs> Even though he's only recently been freed. And... That's my favorite. In every single iteration of the story, Calcifer always comes back right away and is like, oh, I'm, I'm still going to be around. Don't worry, you guys. I know. And I... Um... I loved the the physical manifestation of the spell. I thought was really really well done yeah. um, mm-hmm. because this was another and they they included some jokes in it too. Uh, so they had a woman wearing a really mysterious, uh, shimmering cloak. Mm-hmm appear on stage to sing the spell whenever yeah. they're discussing it. The spell that binds Helen Calcifer. And she was also the woman that played the curse, the, I'm sorry, the fire the demon. Uh, yeah, she played the the Witch of the Wastes mm-hmm. fire demon also. Um, and she would appear on stage and sing out the spell whenever they were reading it and that mm-hmm. added like a really nice sense of mysticism Myth, yeah, to it. Really cool. um, but then also when someone would skip ahead to the second verse, she'd like very quickly sing through the first verse of the spell to get there, which, which was, was a fun effect. Really cute. And she also played Miss Angorian. Mm-hmm. So that was really interesting and gave us a visual tell of like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. so maybe she's not a good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that also probably helps with people who are a little confused yeah. by what mm-hmm. I think so is too. going on. Do you think that Diana Wynne-Jones would have liked this musical? I think she would have loved it. It, it was yeah. just, I think it was so, at the heart of it was just this intense creativity and love yeah. of the different ways that magic can come into anyone's life. Yes. And the way it was conceived and and when we have magic in ourselves exactly sorry go ahead it it was just it was so much fun i think she would have loved it i was like you know mouth agape in joy at certain points and i feel like she would also have that attitude about it yeah it was adapted and directed by myra platt and in the program she said that she had known about the movie from her um, sons who are now like older in their 20s it seems like but she has an 18 year old daughter and she saw the book on her shelf and was like what this is a book and it's written by a woman mm-hmm. it's like an early fantasy classic um, and I think she really got the heart of the story and I think she understood what Diana Wynne Jones wanted to accomplish for sure um, and the same with the lyricist mm-hmm. um, I uh, you know at first I was worried the songs were gonna be 
like preachier that the message would be really obvious especially with Sophie's song at the beginning where Mm -hmm. she's saying you know it's a land where any woman can be what she's meant to be but there's kind of a double message there because the women are supposed to follow the roles that are given to them different things right but her sisters go and choose what to do they switch identities the way they did that with the actresses was was really fun too because they'd have one stand behind the other and they mimicked one another's movements Mm -hmm. when they were talking concurrently and switched off singing yeah it was super cute um and but it actually I thought was handled more subtly than that um as the especially as the show went on Mm -hmm. and there's just so many different characters stories in this book even though it is so Sophie centric Mm -hmm. um I love the like yearning and anxiety that you get from the dog man from uh Prince Justin um and then also the wizard Solomon the Mm -hmm. scarecrow yeah um and uh yeah the other hapless figures who come in and out and are trying their best to shake off their own curses and Mm -hmm. the fact that Sophie's still living in her curse just because she prefers it to when she was a young girl and to um, lacking in confidence mm-hmm. to do what she really needed to do with her life. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, I think it was really well done and I don't know, like I said, if you have a chance to see this, definitely encourage it. Um, it's the book at repertory theater. We'll put a picture of, Oh, also forgot to mention, I love the poster for the yeah, play the it's wonderful. their own um imagining of the castle mm-hmm. and i like this one a lot it reminds me of one of the, the covers, um, covers that the we book. talked about yeah, check out our house moving castle episode for more um it's really whimsical it's got an onion uh dome that's what it's called it, right and yeah a bunch of other little turrets and flags and little um green flames coming out of the top there's and a and, medieval tower with a skull yeah oh yeah with stone and it's floating in the clouds and it's it's so pretty I love it we'll put a picture of it Mm -hmm. up on our Instagram and Twitter we're at Dragon Babies Pod on Twitter and Dragon Babies Podcast on Instagram and also on our website dragonbabiespodcast.com yeah so if you're in the Seattle area definitely try to check it out before it closes and if not go see a different one of their shows go to the book repertory theater an awesome theater yeah was really into it and hopefully we'll be able to see more adaptations soon and as a teaser we will definitely do a special episode about it's almost 2018 and you know what that means the wrinkle in time adaptation I'm so excited. is yeah. coming i saw a preview out. when i went to see star wars it looks really cool oh my god it looks so good i can't it's really cool can't even handle it by uh, directed by ava dupernay um yeah so look out for that and thanks for listening guys thank you Bye-bye.